By the time you hear this podcast, you'll wonder, why did last call with Carson Daly come on so late? Very convertible. So cold for a convertible, don't you think? I think so. They got the uh, police uh, brocade there. Jay's actually driving the Corvette with his hoodie on. Not bad. Not bad at all. And this is what it's been like all week long. With, We're going to uh, need all the cops with these fans. They're spilling out of the streets. Well, when you got a huge star like Beyonce and Jay-Z coming together in the vintage, forget it. It's as big as it gets. Oh, she's got to be freezing. New York, say hi to Jay-Z and Beyonce Knowles. Hi, baby. Come on over. And there's Jay. Time for some music right now. It's off the Blueprint 2, The Gift and the Curse. It's out next Tuesday performing 03, Bonnie and Clyde. Put your hands together. Here's Jay-Z featuring Beyonce Knowles. Ready, V? Let's go get him. Uh, uh. Look for me, young B. Cruising down the west side highway. Doing what we like to do, Also, by the time you hear this podcast, you'll think, who came, who used who? <laughs> Which came first? Read my mind. <laughs> oh, man. They weren't married yet. They just, he said they just met. I think right? they just met. Oh, God. <laughs> we gonna do this song. Okay. <laughs> Did Matthew Knowles say it was okay? <laughs> then, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with episode 40. Oh, yeah. As I adjust my mic. All right. Thank you to everyone listening. Um, I checked the stats the other day. We're over 1400 downloads. Someone's been downloading. Yeah. That's like, um, that's almost like over four, like 400 since our last, uh, our last couple of episodes. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. So uh, thank you to everyone downloading and listening and, yeah. um, and it, you know, it doesn't matter which way you're actually listening to it. And are you, checking out our website, which is by the time you hear this.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, also you can subscribe to the show on Podomatic or iTunes or Castbox or tune in radio or Google play or satchel podcast player. Mm-hmm. And that's all of them. That is all, <laughs> but that's a lot of ways to find us. Yes. So no excuses. Right. <laughs> um, you can also follow us on our social media. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spell with the word you, uh, that is also the same spelling for our website. 
But if you want to reach us on Instagram, it's by the time you hear this spell with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's also the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, where you can send us um, your comments, your show suggestions for topics. Um, if you're an independent artist and you have music that you would like us to listen to, um, we're not, we're not doing like showcases or anything. So we're not charging you. Yeah. This is not a pay to play situation. Yeah. If you didn't hear our episode on payola, go listen to it. We, we're yeah. not, we're not fond of it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you can uh, check us out in a variety of ways and contact us in a variety of ways. So let's go ahead and get into our music news segment. Um, we were going to discuss this uh, last week, but we had so many topics that we uh, moved it over to this episode. Um, we checked out the original version of it's one of those few like prog rock songs that crossed in, over into pop. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do for people who are familiar with with prog rock. Yeah. Um it's only happened. It's happened very few times. <laughs> only band I can really think of is like them and rush. <laughs> um, oh, uh, would you consider, um, was it super tramp? I like. I wouldn't consider them prog. I like, super they tramp. did breakfast in America. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Breakfast that America album is considered prog rock. Is it? That's yeah. a really good album. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that, Yeah. but maybe that's on the, that walks the line of, of, prog rock and pop or and rock or whatever you want to call it. Mm. But um, one of the, I guess, staples of the prog rock of, that crossed over into pop is the song owner of a lonely heart by yes. Mm-hmm. That's a really good, it's a really good track. Um, I remember the first time I heard it, someone said it sounded like a print song. Like he wrote it <laughs> like with all the, you know, the synth stabs, but yeah, that, that was a crossover. I mean, prior to that, they were, um, the only other song I could think of that they had big was on uh, the roundabout. They yeah. just weren't that popular. Um, and it, going into the eighties, they weren't that, you know, that big either. No, it was, it was just about over for yeah. them going into the eighties. <laughs> when I first heard it, I thought it was a song by the police. I could also hear that because he does kind of ha- have that sound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, what, uh, an article released on Rolling Stone, um, let's see if I can pull it back up here. Okay. Um, in the early eighties, it was, uh, like I said, it was all, almost all but over <laughs> for yes. Um, but then it took, uh, two guys named Trevor. Mm-hmm. One is Trevor Horn, the lead singer of the buggles who ended up, uh, he was previously the lead singer for yes, but their album drama was, um, uh, guess not well received. Yeah. <laughs> so that it was a disaster, I yeah, guess. I was gonna say, that's an understatement. It just, um, they went on tour and they were going to break up. Well, they, they broke up and then, uh, Trevor Rabin began shopping his demo tape around and owner of a lonely heart. The beginning stages of it was on that demo tape and Phil Carson of Atlantic records teamed him up with Chris Squire and Alan white from yes to help him fully produce the songs. And then they got keyboardist Tony K to join them and they were going to be called cinema. Yeah. I thought that was a little weird. <laughs> Just change a <your> name. <laughs> and, uh, then they were going to bring back Trevor Horn to sing, but then 
like that drama album was apparently <laughs> terrible. So like, how about you just produce us instead? Yeah. So they did that. And, uh, Squire and Raven tried to sing, but Atlantic felt they weren't getting the sound that they needed. So they brought in, they brought back John Anderson. It was originally Tinker. Right. And, um, that was, uh, like I said, you know, uh, when we talked about the rock and roll hall of fame inductions, there's always that one band, like, are all the members going to show up? This was one of those. Yes. Was one of those bands (laughs) like, yes, there was journey, but also yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so they brought back in a John Anderson and he wasn't sure about coming back, but then he heard Trevor Rabin's songs and Trevor Horn's production, and he was willing to to come back. And uh, they were going; to, they were still going by Cinema, even though it's the members of Yes with yeah. Trevor Rabin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we might as well be Yes again. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went back to being to went back to going by Yes, and then they released Owner of a Lonely Heart from nine oh one two five and uh became a hit and they went all around the world and the rest is history, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. But um one thing that was released here was the the demo version of Owner of a Lonely Heart. Uh which there was okay, you hear the elements yeah. that were in that were in the song that everyone knows. Um it was not the same but song. But it's though. not the same song at all. <laughs> you kind of hear it in the acoustic version a little bit more. But, you know, when you played me the actual full band version, like you said, very dancey. Um, and it was like, it was like dancey meets like, and, 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 and honestly, to hear the whole story, you can kind of see that, like, there were parts that Trevor Rabin brought. And then there were parts where, like, the members of Yes were like, and we should do this, too. And it's just like, no. Mm-mm. And that's what got cut. <laughs> what, what about the... Uh... For the parts where we hear the in the in the album version that everyone knows that yeah. do you think that was that was a keyboardist? Do you think that was Trevor Rabin's idea? Who knows? I mean, I mean just, uh, Trevor Horn's idea. That was so weird. All right, this is the original acoustic demo. So just to let people know too, some people might think, "Oh, that's weird." This is a very normal way to write songs. Like you yeah. will, to- you will totally have a melody before but, you but have no words. words yet. Yeah, you just want to remember. Like when I was writing, I would just do this just to remember, like the melody I was writing. Because oftentimes, let's be honest, the melody can be more important than the words. Yeah, because <laughs> who pays attention to the words? <laughs> also, uh, I think that um, I don't know. I think musicians should do it if they don't do it already, especially if you have an iPhone. If you don't use voice memos oh, yeah. to record to to like you know get your ideas down, um, see I, he had like he basically had the song, yeah. and they probably came in and yesed it up. <laughs> 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 so like yeah, and like this is what he did was more pure. They probably like yeah, let's just do it. Yes, <laughs> instead of this. <laughs> Because the original demo was like that they did full band was like what over five minutes you said five yeah. and a half minutes it's ridiculous this is good and you're gonna hear the, the the first version of an album version for it okay before we get to that 
<laughs> it reminds me of um, um, for people who watched, who remembered when NBC showed NBA games mm-hmm. back in the nineties. Um, they had a uh, the theme song was "Round Ball Rock" by John, by John Tesh. Yes, <laughs> and I saw a clip of him like performing that song, and he's like. Uh, yeah, when NBC approached me, like this was in concert, oh, so he's telling the story. It's a very good story. He's like, so uh, NBC approached me and like, hey, we want you to write a, a theme song for our basketball broadcast. He's like, okay, and uh, I didn't have, it's like I didn't have my keyboard with me or something like that. So, but I had a I had a melody that I wanted to put in. So I called my house and left a <laughs> message on my answering machine. <laughs> And he played the actual uh, voice, uh, voice message. yeah, the voice yeah. message that that he came up with the idea on. It was awesome. I feel like that was staged, possibly. You think so? I mean, maybe he really did that, but I don't think he had the tape. There's no way he actually had the tape. He was still. like, "Hey, John, hum into this and, and do it on the concert." <laughs> and that same video when he starts kind of like um, pounding his fist, do. Dude, no, he was pretending to dribble a basketball. Is that what he was? Oh he was pretending to dribble a basketball. Stop, man, I thought it. <laughs> when the song started. <laughs> oh god, that was a really good version of it, though. Like it had like a, a like solos and yeah, it was. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just that version's really funny. Well, I'll post that video on the website, yeah, so you can see what video we're talking about. Um, so okay, so here is the the first full band version. Of owner of a lonely heart. You see that this that just sounds like yes. Like you took out like the catchiest part of the song, yeah. which is the guitar riff. Like you just, yeah. And yeah, some cowbell. Cowbell, gotta have cowbell. Played by a young Will Ferrell. <laughs> and the lyrics are for the most part different. I think the from this the only. Parts that are from the lyrics are is the chorus. Yeah, that got changed. <laughs> so I was like, Nah, bro, we're gonna do what Trevor had. Which Trevor? Like, <laughs> yeah, just. Yeah. And this is Trevor Raven singing it. Yeah. You can kind of hear some elements of it there with the guitar, but it even kind of changed here, like just, yeah. And then this. Yeah. Yeah, they yesed it up. This was like, <laughs> this was cool in the 70s, but like. Mm-mm. It kind of sounds like, because I guess when it was made, it kind of started to sound like a Huey Lewis in the News song a little bit. You know too. what? Maybe they were in. When did this come out? 1984. When did sports come out? <laughs> 1983. Maybe they were inspired. Like, hey, that Huey Lewis guy. He's from Cleveland, right? No, he just wrote a song. He just wrote a song. <laughs> Talking about Cleveland. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it just keeps going on from there as yeah. any Yes song could mm-hmm. so uh we'll put that on the website as well the original demo to owner of a lonely heart um like i said i i love and i think i think ben's the same way i love the stories of how songs are made oh, how yeah. they're written oh yeah if they're early versions like you mm-hmm. know just 
I like uh, I like reading about the process. I even like hearing about who turned it down. <laughs> yeah, like who was offered this and was like, "Damn it, I should have sung that song." Like, like, it, like with our we, um, you know, when Rod Temperton passed, yeah. we talked about um, he wrote "Rock with You." For Heatwave. Yeah. And they turned it down. So he gave it to Michael Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> and the rest is history, as they say. Like, just, you gotta be careful about what you turn down. Even so, going so far as to look at the songs that people fight over. Like yeah. when, um, Haley Duff, Obscure, and Beyonce <laughs> fought over If I Were a Girl. And, like, Beyonce rushed to record hers first. <laughs> and basically, like, pushed Haley Duff out of the way. Uh, out of music entirely. Basically. Like, she never recovered. <laughs> so sad so yeah um and uh i like yeah i like i like a lot of stories oh, yeah. like that um, they're doing a lot of those in rolling stone right like stories um, like that well if they if they uh in this case they had the demo okay so they talked about it um but you'll see stories like kind of scattered throughout mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah uh well every um I feel like I've talked about this with a few people before, as far as when TV networks do a musical live, Mm -hmm. um, as you may have seen last year, um, or maybe it's the year before. I know they've done Grease. Fox did Grease. NBC has done Peter Pan and The Wiz. The original uh, Wiz? Yeah. I didn't know they did. Okay. NBC did that. It had a, I know Neo played the Tin Man. Oh, you mean a remake of it? I thought like they, yeah, yeah, they did the original like production of it. Like a, okay, okay, yeah, they did a, re- a live. They yeah. it was a remake, but they did it live. Okay. Yeah, um, and yeah, like I said, Fox has done Grease. I remember they did Cinderella a while back as well, musical with yeah. uh, Brandy as Cinderella and Whitney Houston as. Well, that was a. Um, TV movie. Yeah, they didn't do the, the oh, oh, you mean like live. 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 Oh, like live, live. gotcha, gotcha. I thought you meant like it was going to be a special on Fox. They're literally doing this live. Yeah, they like oh, what wow. they, they, they said what they did with Grease. Like okay. Fox did Grease live. NBC, they've done, I know they've done The Wiz and Peter Pan. I feel like they've done Hairspray or is another musical Okay, um, like that. But Fox will be doing uh, Rent live. Uh, which is an interesting pick to me because it's not one that um, it, rent's not for kids. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not for kids. Uh, but the other ones, kids could get something out of it. I don't mm-hmm. think Greece really isn't for kids, but um, <laughs> like Peter Pan is for kids. Yeah, and the Wiz, you know. But oh, maybe Fox is being risky. I mean, they did Grease, which is for kids, and now they're doing Rent. Yeah. So maybe they start bringing. I'm trying to think of what other musical should they bring over. Um, Cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, this will be produced by. Um, uh, well, Jonathan Larson's estate. Jonathan Larson. He uh, he wrote Rent. And he died the night it premiered. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and he like, it was, it was so weird to, cause seeing the story of it, I think what I saw it on the, um, the movie DVD, okay. they did the like behind the scenes kind of thing. And it won all these awards. It won all these Tonys. It won a Pulitzer and he's not 
it's yeah. like without him. Yeah. You know, um, but his estate will executive produce this production on Fox along with Mark Platt, who produced La La Land and Wicked. Um, and uh, they also he's also done. He did Jesus Christ Superstar on NBC. And that would be a good life. Fox is also doing a Christmas story this year, later this year. Like live? I guess so. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, I, we have to explain what rent is. You, you know what? I'm not going to explain what rent is. You should know. Well, I, mean, I kind of feel like um, in, at the beginning of the Kimberly World Police, they kind of explained it with their song. Well, yeah, that was there. That, <laughs> that was a that was a parody, parody of, of Red. Course, yeah. Clearly, a parody of, of Red. But yeah, it's I've never based seen on, it though. But I mean, I, I mean, I, I might watch it eventually. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the AIDS part was <laughs> the reason why they said everyone has AIDS because it's it did seem like that in Red. It seemed like a majority of the characters did, <laughs> but you know that you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'll. It's. It, I know some of the songs. Like I know the uh, um, Seasons of Love. I used to have a version of that yeah. with Stevie Wonder. Um, so I mean, I, I'm I'm familiar with it. I just don't know the entire story. So yeah. Okay. Um, and as you you knew, the original cast had Jesse L. Martin. Yeah, we, I thought you were going to say no, the original cast had eight. So no, no. <laughs> uh, Jesse L. Martin, who, your yeah. um, your your parents or your aunt knows from law and order. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tay Diggs, um, Anthony Rapp, Adina Menzel, Adam Pascal, Daphne Ruben Vega. Oh, Adina Menzel, um, the frozen. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, and, uh, they were, well, they were part of the original cast as far as this current cast, uh, like who will be in for, in this live production. Yeah. um, I'm kind of skimming through. It doesn't look like it's been announced. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. With Jesus Christ Superstar, that is planned for Easter next year. Okay. Uh, and there also might be a few good men live. So they're going to start doing plays live. I'd like That's why the a Christmas story didn't make sense to yeah. me. Unless it is a musical. But well, I, 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 I recall it being a musical. musical. It's not. But they're going to probably just add music to it. I, th- I think it it'll probably be a play like a few good men is not a musical they'll make it and they'll no make i don't a think they're gonna make a musical they'll make anything i can handle the truth but yes yeah, um, christmas story i was thinking how do you do that a christmas story live musical set at fox so they're gonna make so it's it. okay so it's a musical so a few good men it will be i can handle the truth no you can't i that's what it'll be and i can't wait um okay well Possibly that, but as far as um, as far as rent goes, it doesn't look like the cast has been announced yet. Wait, hold on. Okay, never mind. Um, it's uh, it, the the cast has not been announced yet. Um, I don't even see when the the date yeah, of this is going either. to be. So it may be sometime, um, uh, possibly by the end of the summer. Um. I saw another name. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, 
It's gonna be a hell of a musical if you get mad. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, hell of a musical. A musical. Uh, Aaron, well, you got to bring back Aaron Sorkin to. <laughs> he's got to have something to do with the music to make this work. Oh yeah. Um, and also Fox announced. Well, like I said they're going to do a Christmas story in December, and NBC will also be doing Bye Bye Birdie. Okay. Who's who's in that? I remember that movie. Bye Bye Birdie had um. What is that guy's name? He was on Match Game all the time. Because um, I think I've seen Bye Bye Birdie. There's an older movie. That's going to drive me nuts. Was it Dick Van Dyke? Yeah, Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke uh, as Albert. Um, Janet Lee as Rosie. And Margaret. Okay. Paul Lind as Harry McAfee. Okay. Uh, and Margaret. Um, and it's supposed to be a, the name was a play on the, um, on the name Conway Twitty because mm-hmm. the guy's name was Conrad Birdie. Yeah. And, um, Elvis Presley was supposed to play the role, Okay. but, uh, his manager, Colonel Tom <laughs> rejected the idea of Presley doing any parodies of himself. See, I'm thinking of the remake i saw the remake in 1995 mm. with jason alexander and uh, vanessa williams yeah different movie my bad i do the, the title sounded familiar so that'd be that'd be a good musical though um i actually did that musical in high school did you you were in a musical in high school yeah that that was 2000 yeah that was the first play i ever did wow <laughs> greg history yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I guess you look for that. Um, uh, Jennifer Lopez is going to be in Bye Bye Birdie. She's probably playing Rosie. That'll be interesting. Yeah, she's probably playing Rosie. Yeah, she'll be singing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, we have that to look forward to. Next, we have... We're going to look at the Billboard charts really quick. The number one song is... What's the name of that song? I'm the one. I'm the one. Yeah. I forgot already. We I haven't best. even heard this song. It's really cheesy. It sounds, it, people are like, oh, Justin, it sounds like a Justin, uh, Justin Bieber song. It's very corny. Yeah. I know I mentioned it and I, I said it had DJ Khaled's son on the cover, <laughs> but I've never listened to the song. It debuts at number one. Yeah. DJ Khaled featuring Justin Bieber, Quavo, Chance the Rapper, and Lil Wayne. Yeah. Too much star power. <laughs> yeah. He's, it, it's got the star power. I, I still don't understand how DJ Khaled gets credit for all this. The Nick but maybe Fury he's the music. yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the Nick Fury. He's definitely uh, bringing all of these people together. So, um, congratulations to him because uh, <laughs> like he'll get credit, like he gets the credit for it, making the money. Like he was nominated for best rap album at the Grammys this past year. Never he was the bar. for his album. Never at yeah. the bar. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, he's got the number one song. Um, anything else debut in the top 10? No. Uh, as far as albums, it's still Kendrick Lamar's Damn uh, debuts on the charts. Uh, Gorillaz, Humans debuts at number two. Mary J. Blige's Strength of a Woman debuts at number three. Um, Epic AF. 
Hmm. I don't know what that is. I, it's, it looks like some kind of compilation, oh. but it debuts at number six. And Willie Nelson's God's Problem Child debuts at number 10. Hmm. Didn't know he was doing new stuff. Yeah. And in the artist 100, number one is still Kendrick Lamar. And number two, jumping up from number 94 last week, <laughs> is Gorillaz. Um, Mary J. Blige was unranked last week, but she's now number six. DJ Khaled jumps, jumps from number 73 to number eight. And somebody called BTS. Hmm. Hey, this may be a music podcast, but we don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> They're number 10, We're but trying I don't to know who that is. <laughs> It looked like a bunch of people, so I, I don't know. But anyway, Behind so the scenes, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna look them up real quick. I have to know who BTS is. Okay, while he looks up that, um, I just had another. Stop it! It's a South Korean boy band, also known as the Bangtan Boys. Hmm. Formed by Big Hit Entertainment. That, no, I can't remember that South Korean record label. Okay. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, K-pop. Yeah. K-pop is actually becoming more popular in America, even though I know nothing about it. It's it just a, it's a subgenre that, well, I'm too old for, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in some music slash education news, it's not music education, just music slash education. <laughs> The lead singer of The Offspring, Dexter Holland, finishes his PhD, and it's a thesis. He has a thesis on HIV research, and he completes his degree in molecular biology. 125 page thesis. Whew. 175. Pages. 175. Good lord. Uh, he wrote a 175 page dissertation on the molecular dynamics of HIV and general virus slash host interactions, and he is will be graduating. From actually, he just graduated from the University of Southern California. That's and great. he will be playing with the offspring tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dexter Holland, ladies and That's gentlemen. That's what we got to call him. Dr. Holland. Mm -hmm. um, he put he 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 put the uh, program like his he put it on hold years ago to focus on music. And over the years, he just. Um, just plugged away at it and uh, it's finally done. And that doesn't sound like an easy thing to get your PhD in. He didn't get yeah. his PhD in like phys ed or something <laughs> like that. Like he got it in molecular kinesiology. Yeah. Molecular biology. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so basically <laughs> his, uh, his research focused on, uh, on HIV and he said he was interested in virology and wanted to contribute in some small way to the knowledge which has been learned about HIV and AIDS, um, a disease that has killed over, well, that is has infected over 35 million people um, who are currently living with the virus and over a million people die each year from it. So um, basically he's just been... Uh, to, he took what was what has been learned about HIV in the last thirty years, and maybe it can lead to something, man. Hmm. Um, and he started working. 
in the early years of the band, he was working on his PhD and then he would leave when the band went on tour. <laughs> and then when they released their, their album smash would be, which became the best selling indie record ever, uh, over 20 years ago. And he said to Rolling Stone about that, I was pursuing a PhD in molecular biology and then I put it on hold. My mom wasn't too happy about that. My professor thought I was making a terrible mistake, but it wasn't just like I was saying, fuck it. We could tell this is going to be something and we had to see it through. That's crazy. So, so he's hey. been working on it since then. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, I, I, I can understand that. Yeah. Like, okay, yes, I know this is some great research. I give a yeah. PhD, you know, I'm, I'm, it, it'll be a great accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But this music thing, thing, you never know when things are starting to work out and we're making money. Let's we'll see what happens. I can come back to this. And you just, I it's feel like this plan. album's going to smash. Like, I think it's going to be a smash. And that's how they get the title. <laughs> no, that's crazy. I didn't know he'd been working on it that much. I mean, even more impressive. He had a master's degree. <laughs> this Playing is, <laughs> man. At the time, he already had a master's. So it's this is uh, the ultimate example of, you know, uh, education being your fallback plan. Yeah. You know, athletes can also take, um, take heed of this, that, you know, you, you're not going to be, you're not going to play ball forever. No, no. So, you know, even if you, you know, with the, you know, the, uh, the NBA combine draft combine just happened this past week. Even if you just went to school for one year, like, okay, you're going to go to the NBA make a lot of money, all that, mm-hmm. but you can still come back to school. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, don't just throw it all away, but you know, Hey, if you come back, um, you know, just keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah. Like Shaquille O'Neal, he, he's technically Dr. Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> now. So, yeah, you know, you can always go back to school when you have the opportunity and the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that helps too. <laughs> well, I, th- I think if someone like Shaquille O'Neal, I think he, that was a scholarship. Oh, thing. Okay. Like he has a statue there and they retired his number. I don't think he had to pay for school. <laughs> so about that tuition, say no more fam. <laughs> um, also this, well, we can go, I uh, just wanted to mention it really quick. I think it was this week or last week. Uh, Nicki Minaj took requests for uh, whoever needed their, their oh, tuition that, or yeah. student loans paid. And she paid it for, for a few people. There, man. I see. I didn't see like, I'm, I'm not even on Twitter like that anymore. I missed out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so congratulations to Dr. Dexter Holland. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Um, what else we got here? So we mentioned on the last episode, I think about uh, Prince releasing a song for the, anniversary edition the or the reissue of mm-hmm. purple rain and uh there's some there's another track that was released uh medley of our destiny slash roadhouse garden that were that was recorded at a june 7th 1984 gig at minneapolis first avenue club and a show that occurred on prince's birthday just weeks before the release of purple rain hmm. so um yeah, so there's a new unreleased Prince track. I feel like for the rest of our lives, gonna, <laughs> there yeah, could be unreleased this Prince isn't tracks. This is the first. This isn't gonna be the last. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, he's got so much material. Like we're talking about, he has so much material that was recorded. Yeah, and um, and now that he's gone and he can't stop it, 
Like people are gonna go into that vault and let's pull out another song and pull out another song and it, we're we're I mean we're probably gonna see like an entire album of unreleased material from Prince. And like you mentioned, we were talking about the um how they said that he documented everything. Yeah, we're probably gonna see a documentary. They're gonna take that footage and put it together and, and make a documentary to go along with the release of the unreleased Prince tracks. Well, yeah, I mean, well, like I said, it's gonna be on an expanded edition of Purple Rain. Yeah, set to be released on June ninth by Warner brothers. Um, so the story is that when Prince signed on to star in purple rain, he was doing the music. So he started writing and before filming began, he had over a hundred songs. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, over a period of nine months, he was recording at his home studio and in front of audiences at Minneapolis first Avenue, like purple rain. As you hear it on the soundtrack, that is the for the most part the live mm -hmm. recording at First Avenue. Okay. Uh there is a version to where like it's the raw recording. Yeah. But then after that was done it was touched up with a few things, but not very much. Mm -hmm. To okay. where you think it was in a studio. But <laughs> for the most part, that is a live recording. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Sounds very good for live recording too. <laughs> um well, they rehearsed enough yeah. <laughs> to where that could be done. I wonder if that's where Tool picked up that rehearsal regimen because they re they rehearse like that. They record everything live as well, mm -hmm. no click tracks, and they just rehearse like crazy until they get it right, and then they record it, just like Prince. I'm, I'm wondering if that's where they got that. Or, who knows? But that's incredible for people that can do that because it's not easy. Yeah, um, as uh, as Ben mentioned, they rehearsed for six months. He documented everything. That's from Wendy Melvin of the Revolution. Now he had over a hundred songs. How many are on the soundtrack? Nine, <laughs> nine songs. <laughs> and he probably had more. Those were the one hundred that he was he presented. Yeah, <laughs> to go on the soundtrack. Um, so uh, some of those songs will be released. Uh, some of those um, one of those hundred songs, and uh, on the release, the expanded edition of Purple Rain would include four discs with extended tracks, B-sides, and a DVD of a March 1985 concert, which includes a 20-minute version of Purple Rain, and also a disc of outtakes from the rehearsals, <laughs> and full versions of other songs that had never been circulated before. And this is the first big posthumous release, uh, getting into Prince's estate, in which it's said that he has thousands upon thousands of tapes. I bet he does. In, in his vault as it, at his Paisley Park home. And he told Rolling Stone in 2014, the vault includes unheard albums from The Revolution, The Time, and Vanity Six. And he said he didn't always give the record companies the best song. Mm -hmm. So he, he held back. Yeah. Um, I, part of that is like, well, maybe these aren't ready or just to spite Warner yeah. Brothers. I think there's some things were done just to spite them. Mm -hmm. I, he did not like them. Like we talked about where um, the song Kiss, Warner felt it wasn't done. Right, yeah. He released it as it was. And he was right. It was ready. <laughs> or when he kicked a Warner exec out of the, his studio. He's yeah. like, get out of my studio. studio. I don't think he's joking. Man. <laughs> so um, he held back. So they're... they're the possibility that there is better stuff. Yeah. I'm anxious to hear it. I am anxious. I don't want them to just dig around in this vault, but I am anxious to hear it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So that's, that's just, um, 
it just speaks to how tirelessly he worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was kind of how obsessive he was. Yeah. He may have been, well, I think this is sociopathic behavior. Do you think so? Yeah. Okay. Okay. How? Like, because the, the perfectionism and yeah, the being one to be, you know, being secluded or whatever. Okay. I guess we're close. Or maybe. I mean, there there are things that happened to him that led to this sociopathic behavior, but Mm -hmm. sociopathic behavior. He was a genius. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes the hey, some geniuses are. Yeah, they're they're also sociopaths. Um, but the the rest of this catalog has been in some legal chaos uh, since he died last April. Um, Universal Music Group paid thirty million dollars for the right to distribute his music recorded after he left Warner brothers in 96 and even more exciting for fans. Universal announced that beginning in 2018, it would obtain us rights to certain renowned Prince albums released between 79, 1979 and 1995. And that would also include some more unreleased material. But now universal said is it's once it's money back for misrepresentation after discovering it might not have access to his pre 1996 material until 2021. So another four years, mm-hmm. but and that would make the deal less appealing. Uh, I'm I'm not so sure it would be less appealing. You I just mean, might lose a little bit of money from like the time that you could have had it out. Yeah, I mean it's not. What's going to change? I don't think what's going to change in 2021. I don't think it means it's less appealing. They're just like we want to release it now. <laughs> we want it now. So I mean, people still bought Tupac's albums. Yeah. Still buying Tupac's album. <laughs> <laughs> so, eh, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be less appealing. I mean, maybe a little, but I don't. I don't think it's going to be that much. And, um, but there are no plans for any more archival releases, and it's unclear which material Warner Brothers actually owns and how long they actually get to have it. Yeah. So. The future of the future of his estate, as far as his material, um, it's in limbo. He did not have a will and his sister Tika and his five half siblings are kind of bowing out for control of his estate. So, I mean, I know that sounds like a money grab. I feel like it's going to be, it's more complex than that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they did bring in a financial firm as a special administrator and uh, they got to working on deals as far as streaming, merchandising, and an estate tax payment. Um, okay, but that financial firm clashed with the family, so the court brought in another <laughs> another bank. Um, bringing in Troy Carter, who's Lady Gaga's former manager and now an executive at Spotify, to oversee the archives and future deals. Okay. Um. I mean, as long as it's not the yeah. guy who stole from Alanis Morissette, I think we're okay. Yeah. Just, you know, don't get him. <laughs> um, so it's still in in limbo as far as, I mean, I, I feel fortunate that what was released on Spotify, that it's, it's fortunate for us to have it, mm-hmm. for us to listen to it and enjoy it again. Yeah. Um, even, even if it's not everything, it's something. Yeah. And I feel like there'll be more mm-hmm. going forward. I can't forward. wait either. I so, can't wait. Um, I'm not too, I'm not too worried about it, but it's not, 
the legacy of of a sibling of mine <laughs> who was a musical genius that's at stake that you know you want to preserve um but paisley park is up and running as a museum so if people want to go visit you get to see the purple rain motorcycle his studios some stage clothes um but the basement vault is still off limits so that's a that's <laughs> something that was a given <laughs> i think um also in music news LA Reed one of the um one of the more you don't hear a lot about black music executives no. in in a good light you know when you think black music executives you're probably thinking I don't know Diddy Birdman Suge Knight Master P Master P yeah <laughs> um not really point. someone to, um, well, he was, I mean, he's a musician, L.A. Reid, yeah. musician, songwriter, but to have the, the power that he has being a chairman, CEO of a major record company or within a major record company and having a prominent role, uh, he is left as the chairman, CEO of Epic Records, which was under uh, Sony music entertainment. Yeah. And, um, it's, there's been no report of why he left. It just happened. Um, including in recent years, um, if you look at his, while he was there as the chairman's CEO hit songs that came out, um, well, yeah. uh, Megan trainer, mm-hmm. fifth harmony, fifth harmony, future, um, DJ Khaled and recently DJ Khaled the Nick Fury of, of pop music yeah um, uh, Machine Gun Kelly Kent Jones Yo Gotti Zara Larson um, oh you got Zara Larson that's a good that's a good uh, Bobby Shimerda. Uh so these were um, these were the hit songs yeah. while he was there you know, so it's still unclear. Yeah, I'm seeing there's some speculation, internal strife among the upper ranks. Um, but I mean, yeah, the the um, <laughs> they just they just released a statement from Sony. La Reed will be leaving the company. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no explanation, nothing. Just La Reed will be leaving the company. Uh, they asked Sony Music CEO Doug Morris, um, about. To, well, to, to get a quote from him about L.A. Reid leaving. And he said, well, no, I'm sorry. I had this backwards. Uh, L.A. Reid was asked about. Um, he was asked. Well, he said he just said, you know, what comes after hot, cold. What? And so he was on a hot streak. And I guess he feels like, OK, he's about to hit another cold streak. And get fired. Oh, God. He's like, well, let me, let me, let me leave on top. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> and he leaves as DJ Khaled has the number one song in the country. Um, so as this develops, you know, I see an article about like, you know, the success while he was there and it's really not, um, there's really no explanation yeah. as to what happened. Um, they had back to back albums, number one albums from future. Uh, DJ Khaled has a uh, had a number one song or number one album last year. 
uh, Travis Scott, Tribe Called Quest. You know, that was all just last year. Mm-hmm. So it's a good year. <laughs> it's hard to see why he left. Did it have to do with any any changes in um, at the top in Sony or do you feel like do you need a new challenge? You know, it could be a whole, a different, a lot of things, yeah. be a lot of different things. So we'll, I'll keep an eye on that and see what, what happens as far as, uh, him just leaving suddenly, um, in the middle of a, a run, a yeah. good run. Um, all right. So we like to, um, wish someone, uh, a happy birthday. And uh, I'm going to play something and you're going to know who we're saying, sending a happy birthday wish to. Hope you think what I'm thinking. (laughs) Turn it up here. You are. (laughs) (laughs) So as we are recording on today, May 13th, it is Stevie Wonder's birthday. Do you think he plays this when it's his? <laughs> I don't know. I would want to play it. I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I hear now. That. I have to ask you this because mm-hmm. as as am I, we're both fans of Bumani Jones. <laughs> Do you still think Stevie is blind? I don't know. I don't know. Um, he he keeps up. He keeps up very well. I know there are those people who you know the. The truthers, <laughs> for Stevie Wonder, the who think that he's not—I don't know. Because I mean, I've never seen him respond to. I mean, maybe he's so used to keeping up the charade, he just you know. Because there, there are some questionable, some questionable things. They're like, why would he do that? Like, yeah, he sits courtside NBA games. Why? Maybe just to uh, be there, just to hear the sounds. He, uh, Bomani Jones, has told the story of he knows a guy. Uh, to while working at a, it was either a Best Buy or Circuit City or something like that. Mm-hmm. He sold Stevie Wonder two scra- flat screen TVs. <laughs> what for? Oh God! I don't know why. I just, I just think of what Chris used to say. He's like fives, tens, hundreds. It's all the same, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a um. Oh man, I can't remember which comedian it was, but they were doing a show and um. Uh, Stevie Wonder was coming on stage. I think he was introducing Stevie mm-hmm. and or Stevie just like came on stage mm-hmm. and surprised everybody. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, walk me over to the piano over there. Like, <laughs> How do you know there's a piano? Well, I guess he knew he had there had he had to know that. I don't know. Someone told him. How, how else would he know? And how else would he be able to point to it? He pointed to it. Yes. Oh, shit. OK, maybe he isn't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He would have if if George W. Bush waved at you. I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he did wave at him though. I would have taken the opportunity to embarrass him. <laughs> like, Why are you waving at the blind he man? Also had, and I think it, it was just done to as a as a goof. Like Stevie Wonder for some, like he really enjoys basketball. Yeah. How? Uh, I. I don't know, Maybe he likes but there's this bride. video and I was like, this is, if he really is Brian, this is just cruel. Uh, there's a video of Stevie wonder at like a, he's in a gym. I don't know if it was a basketball camp or he's just in a gym with a bunch of people mm-hmm. and they give Stevie wonder a basketball and ask him to shoot a free throw. Oh, 
That's so mean. Did he hit it? No. Okay. But a lot of people cheered as if he did. Oh God. I don't know if they were cheering like 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 he he was he the ball went like halfway. You know, like he <laughs> and he didn't like shoot it like he didn't like dribble and then, you know, like Like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. He just kinda like threw it. <laughs> and um oh, God. but the crowd like they everyone like gasped like, Oh my God. <laughs> like as if he was gonna make it. And oh, God. I think he missed it on purpose just to keep this charade going. Oh, stop it. Because <laughs> if he made that free throw, and there's video evidence, I, I, like it's, he, I don't, I, look, it, it's, I'm leaning towards that he's not blind. Uh, I, I mean, I, I could, I could say, yeah, if, if that was, if he did make it, you ain't Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's going to do it for our music news. Um, we'll post some links and videos uh, of a couple of things we've talked about on our website. So we're going to get to our earworms of the week and Ben always goes first. So what you got? I got a uh, rise and shine. Um, I know it features Pooh Bear because I mean, his name is very funny. Um, God, what's this guy's, this woman's name? I think it's like Eva Shaw and Pooh Bear. Called Rise and Shine. Mm. Let me see here. Let me get the exact name. If my Wi-Fi wants. Eva to Shaw and Pooh Bear. Yeah, Eva Shaw and Pooh Bear. Rise and Shine. All right. Um, this is. Is it the regular version? Because there are a few remixes on. Should here. be the regular. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Eva Shaw featuring Pooh Bear, Rise and Shine. Right now it's a single, and we're going to play that, and we will be right back. The only way is up from here, don't look down. I only feel good energy all around me. Look to the sky, don't need to leave my feet on the ground. From here, don't look down. I only feel good energy all around me. Look at the sky, don't need to leave my feet on the ground. Oh, not now. Oh, not now. Spreading my wings out, ain't no need to hide. No, I won't be that angel in disguise. Open up my heart, no need to fight it.
right, that is Rise and Shine by Ava Shaw, featuring Pooh Bear. I don't know who Pooh Bear is. I, I guess he's the DJ, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I think is that the DJ? Ava, Ava Shaw is the DJ here. Oh, breaking them norms. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ava Shaw is the DJ. So uh, that is a single right now on Spotify, and it's been added to our BTTYHT Earworms playlist. She also have has remixes of um, Pose by Rihanna and That's My Girl by Fifth Harmony. Who would remix that song? <laughs> I haven't heard either of those songs. So anyway, <clears throat> um, we will not be doing an indie Instagrammer of the week this week. Um, but uh, I'm going to go through all of our posts on Instagram and all the musicians, if they have not been featured on in that segment, they will be put into a pool and um, whoever is drawn that song, their song, one of their songs will be played for that segment. And that will return on the next episode. Woo-hoo. So we're going to go ahead and get into our topic with, uh, for this episode. We started off with, um, when Jay met Bay, no, um, <laughs> Ooh, that, that, that could be the title of the book. When Jay met Bay, um, Jay Z and Beyonce performing Bonnie and Clyde or Oh three Bonnie and Clyde, um, on TRL back in 2002. So how was it Bonnie and Clyde? Oh three in 2002. I think the blueprint came out like at the end of 2002. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Bonnie and Clyde. I don't know. They just future dated it. I I don't, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, who produced that song? I don't know. I feel like it was someone like, was it Eminem or, Timberland? It might have been Timberland. He was doing. Didn't he do several uh, several no, songs? No, on the... it was produced by Kanye. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it, but all right. Um, yeah, there were no bongos. This, this is Kanye in two thousand two. No bongos on that. That was his thing, man. <laughs> uh, you know, this song was also featured in the Hey Arnold the movie. Never saw it, but no, that's crazy. <laughs> Was it him and Helga? They were the- <laughs> I guess so. I haven't seen the movie either. But yeah, okay. <laughs> Didn't Arnold live in like Queens or something? Or like Brooklyn? Maybe he lived in Brooklyn and that's where they did it. Um, he lived in New York City. I just don't know where. I don't think it was specific. Oh yeah, it just says an inner city boarding house. Okay. Cause I was going to say like, that's really funny. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, maybe it was Gerald in one of his, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so on this episode, we are talking about total request live, man. That was, that was an era, man. That was an era. And I don't know about you, but that era ended when I went to college. So <laughs> Well, as far know. as you watching for it, me, yeah, that, for me, yeah, because I didn't, 
I mean, I had an idea that was still on, but I didn't know 2008. Like, what was going on? Like, I think they said, um, I, I remember now the All-American Rejects, um, you know, trashing the set and everything. But, like, that was 2008, man. Like, that was, that was like nine years ago. That wasn't, that we were out of college. We were, you know, yeah. starting our careers. It's crazy. <laughs> Terrell's still going strong. Um, so, yeah, Total Request Live uh, for for the generation younger than us who is not familiar. Um, and that's sad. Is a television series. It was a television series on MTV that featured popular music videos. Yes, they played music videos mm-hmm. once upon a time. Do they? Do they know what MTV is? <laughs> they know it as the uh, channel that shows Teen Wolf. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and sometimes notorious. <laughs> and various movies get Richard Dodd trying. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think they, I feel like they show Eight Mile like once a month. Probably. I mean, if I, if they keep if Viacom keeps fighting everyone, no one's gonna know what MTV no. is because no one's gonna get it. So, yeah, I, I miss the show. I, I did like it in high school. It was pretty cool. Yeah, like for um, let me fill, let me pull up the comment here when I posted this. Uh, a former coworker of mine. Yeah, he posted a long comment. I remember. It wasn't. It wasn't that long. It was longer than normal. It was like an explanation. <laughs> he said um, TRL played a major role in my life as far as music missed those days NSYNC Backstreet Boys Britney Christina 98 Degrees oh, then M came in and made me stop listening to them <laughs> um, it was like the this was the I don't know if it's the foundation, but, or it was the breeding ground, but mm-hmm. TRL played a major role in the, would you say there was a resurgence of the pop star oh, in the late nineties? Yes. <laughs> like it, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like these, these people were successful. The pop groups were successful, but like, it, it was like they reached another level once they were featured on TRL, once their videos got yeah. requested on TRL. Um, and it almost kind of like, you know, made the mu- like made a music video type show cool. Yeah. Like with all the bells and whistles and the really cool set and um you have a a host who's not like overly charismatic so he doesn't step on the toes of the of the people that you bring on. I mean he was almost there like to serve as a fall guy. Almost. Yeah, he was Carson Daly was very low key. Yeah. Um Damian Fahey was even lower key <laughs> than that. Uh, cuz a lot of people don't don't um remember too much of the Damien Fahey era Me, of TRL. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those who are not familiar with, with total request live, it's showing MTV played videos. They would play the, the top 10 most requested videos. You had to call in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, um, you had to call in and request your video. Maybe eventually they went to online. Yeah, voting, they did. They but, eventually went to online and then stayed with online. Yeah. Yeah. So, but at first you had to call the number yeah. and request the video. Uh, ben, you said there was someone you knew in high school that was yeah, way so, into that. Interesting story here. I had a friend in high school. Uh, I'm not going to say his government, um, but he would go on every day at our lunch break. He would go to the area where the pay phones were um, and request corn. Um, <laughs> either got the life or Freak frequent on a leash. leash. Um, I'm pretty sure. Well, no, because make me bad didn't come out till later, but like, he was a he was a metal like gothic metal kind of stoner type guy, you know, wore the large um, shorts 
Jinkos sometimes, Jinkos. I think. It sounds like Jinkos, and he had a wallet chain too, right? Yeah, oh, he had chains, <laughs> piercings, long black hair, and uh, he wore the black and white shell to Adidas like John Davis. He was obsessed with corn, and he would vote for them every day. And it was like, for him, it was like he was fighting the good fight <laughs> <laughs> to get them on TRL. And it's like, a lot of people like them, so, yeah. Um, As... Like we had an episode about Woodstock '99, and like Corn was kind of the the big name at the time. Yeah. So at the, in the early days of TRL, um, you could say, just like we said, that it was the it was a big part of the resurgence of the pop star, mm-hmm. um, not just with pop music, but with these other genres mm-hmm. becoming pop, like. New metal. New metal, yeah. <laughs> new metal it, it, for anyone who was successful with under new metal, you can thank um MTV and MTV only. Uh <laughs> you weren't getting played on VH1. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't getting on VH1 or if you were on VH1 they were making fun of you. Yeah. Uh cuz they were uppity about it. Yeah, best um, week ever. I remember that show making fun of new metal. While yeah. they, you know, played Natalie and Brulia or Savage Garden for the hundredth time yeah. or jewel um <laughs> bet totally ignored oh yeah with new metal to even them, if, even if you had bands with black people in them yeah. uh not enough so you did not see sugar ray or mm-hmm. uh incubus um or any of the stuff corn did with ice cube right. didn't see that nope <laughs> we did not see uh uh dub c um uh, oh, he was he was sea walking. Yeah, got the life. Yeah, <laughs> the live video. We did not see that on on BET. Not even that clip. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, other genres like like well new like new metal can thank a show like TRL. Yeah. Um. Who would have known about Corn without that kind of show? Yeah. Maybe they would have been played on MTV, but. I mean, if not for TRL, they would have been relegated to remember the show 120 minutes. Mm-hmm. They would have been on that. Or even maybe Headbangers Ball. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but then in that case, I think like the real Headbangers were not listening. They were not. No. They were not checking for corn. Yeah, they even admitted that. Um, I remember when they did something on Ozfest. They referred to like um, when Lincoln Park and Corn. You know, they came out. <laughs> Out on, on the stage, that was the kitty part of the show. That's what they said. That's when the teeny boppers got out there, and then the real stuff came out later. <laughs> and, and it was interesting about that. Like this was a show. TRL was a show aimed for teenagers. It, it totally was. Um, from the from the you know having to call in to request it to the um, allowing you to be able to um, like record your own little messages. Like, yeah. oh my god, my name is Ben, and I'm from California, and I love corn. Getting to the Getting to the studios, to Times Square, mm-hmm. whether you're standing outside with all these signs or you actually get into the studio, yeah, you had you you had to well you had to skip school to do yeah. that. You had, like if they had a pre production show at like noon, the show airs at two or three. Yeah. I think it aired at three when it, well, at least when we were in school. I think yeah, it I think aired so. at three. Yeah. Um, just in time for kids to get home from school. Yeah. <laughs> but not to go to it. <laughs> not not to not to get there if you were in New York. Yeah. Um but you if you were going to request something, it had to be while you were at school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if your school had pay phones. Yeah. I think my school had pay phones. Yeah, we had a bad pay phones by the gym. It was like three or four of them. 
And I think ours are by the cafeteria. Every day around that time, <laughs> they'd be people calling in to request videos. Would there be a long line of people? There wouldn't be a line necessarily, but or people like, begging for quarter. Can I borrow a quarter? But it was always <laughs> like they never stayed empty. Like it was just like oh, as soon as one opens, all right, I'm gonna go get the phone, get the phone. <laughs> request Britney Spears. <laughs> well, I wonder if there was always that kid requesting something that like never made the countdown. <laughs> Probably he's like he he, requ- he requested like a a deep cut from Smash Mouth or something. <laughs> Come on, this is gonna be the week. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um. So- <laughs> I think it might have been someone requesting uh, requesting that Kobe Bryant song with Tyra but, Banks. <laughs> and it just never made it. it. Just They're like, never come made on, it. they don't show Kobe He's no a big respect. Lakers fan. It just never happened. Kobe don't get no respect from TRL, man. He don't need y'all. <laughs> he'll make it on He'll make it on uh, 106 in Park. He'll get on <laughs> the black version, which I think that'd be an interesting topic, how... Basically, BET, which was owned by Viacom, just started making a black version of everything that MTV did. Like, you got TRL, we got one of those things AJ and Free, we'll do the same thing. They're like, it's going to take two of y'all to fill Carson Daly's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Carson Daly. Who was just so low-key? Like, just... Uh, it, but that was good, though, because you had a bunch of big personalities come through and... It didn't work, though, because I do remember a few episodes where, like, you know, he's low-key and the guest was low-key. Yeah. That doesn't work. Like, someone's got to pick it up. If Carson Daly has to carry the interview, something, like, you can't have that guy back anymore. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) You can't have the guest back anymore. He's not charismatic. (laughs) It had to be, and it would be for, you know, not only did they have musical acts come through, they had people who were promoting their TV show or their movie. And if it was a TV show or a movie aimed at teenagers... That kind of helped the that that would generate a lot of buzz for the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking through pictures, and it had a uh, Shane West and Mandy Moore. Oh man, for a walk to remember, yeah, yeah I saw that movie. <laughs> uh, it had um, Cameron Diaz, Selma Blair, and Christina Applegate. Is a movie called The Sweetest Thing. Yeah, I remember that movie. Um, you know, so it'll be like movies like that. Like, I don't Well, if you've seen The Sweetest Thing, that is not a movie aimed at teenagers. No, it is not. <laughs> it is not. Um, but, or they would have the, you know, the cast of Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Or, oh, God. That's, that's, yeah. That's throwback right there, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I tried to watch Dawson's Creek, Dawson's Creek again because it's on Netflix. It's I'm like, guessing it doesn't hold up. It doesn't. Like, I hated Dawson within like five minutes. Because he's really whiny, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if you want to go back to when the show first began, um, it was before it was called Total Request Live or TRL. It was called MTV Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was still produced at, at the MTV studios in Times Square. It had celebrity interviews, musical performances, news updates, you know, but the focus of it was not music videos. And uh, it had a good a good showing, a good following. I think it aired at night. It, it, it aired mm-hmm. like early evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, they aired a countdown show just called Total Request, which was hosted by Carson Daly. And I do I remember watching that one. Um, and it was just Carson Daly introducing the music videos mm-hmm. and maybe talking about them a little bit. Um more guests started tuning into that 
And then it started, it was being added to daytime programming in the summer. And then as it became even more popular, and then you have the, you have the aspect of people calling in to request yep. or on live. Um, then it had the potential to be even bigger when it was live. Yeah. So, um, they combined the two shows <laughs> to Basically. make Total Request live. Only one survived. Only one DJ survived, though. Yeah, it was Carson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Toby, Ame- Toby Ames was the host of MTV Live. Uh, he was not brought on to continue as a co-host even of TRL. Um, so, and that became the, like, the letters TRL. You yeah. knew what that was, and you you saw it in in pop culture. It, yeah. it was introduced into pop culture, and Carson Daly becomes a household name. Yeah, um, you that, know, and that becomes the most popular show on MTV, like yeah. hands down. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, then uh, that be and <laughs> it was called Total Request Live for a long time. Yeah, and then uh the show was changed. The name of the show was changed to TRL. Like TRL became officially the name. We knew what it stood for, Mm -hmm. but that's just what it was called. It was just easy. It was in it being called that. And, um, the, the stars, the, the musical guests that would come through, they became, I think they became bigger stars because, because Mm -hmm. of it, you know, if they weren't on there, then, you know, maybe they, they would be known, but I think the, the monsters of the, the, the monstrous popularity of some of these acts happen because of a show like TRL. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, NSYNC, the Backstreet Boys, Christina Aguilera, um, all of Eminem to, you know, to a degree. Britney Spears. I think like Eminem without MTV. Oh, he, he cause he, uh, like he was barely played on BET yeah. if at all, but I think like just barely. Yeah. But without MTV, he doesn't, he doesn't launch the way he, he does, does. Yeah. I mean, not that to, that he would go the, the, the way of, of vanilla ice, but probably the way of a, of a third base. Yeah. Just a like, really yeah, talented. they're really good, but yeah. Ain't nobody playing. Them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Britney Spears, uh, became a, a, a I believe on the list of, um, for those still not familiar, there was a rule with, with TRL. Um, you request a video. If it makes the countdown a certain number of times, then it gets retired. Yeah. At first, the magic number was 65. <laughs> uh, basically it's played every day, Monday through Friday for 13 weeks. Yeah. That's a long time. To <laughs> a song. Um, so once it reaches that, it gets retired. It is never played on that show again. Um, so, um, Britney Spears, it looks like has the record for most retired videos. Um, that was her era. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this is all between 91, um, excuse me, 99 and 2004. Um, of course there's baby one more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you drive me crazy sometimes from the bottom of my broken heart from the bottom. Of, they, they, they retired that <laughs> they retired song? that one that made 65 times. Jeez. Uh, oops. I did it again. Lucky stronger 
Don't let me be the last to know. That was a hot video. But uh, <laughs> I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Overprotected, boys, toxic, and every time. Jeez. So that should give you an idea of how much pull Britney Spears had. It seemed like every single, yeah. every song that had a video. We can't play this anymore. <laughs> gets retired. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, also at the same time, there's the Backstreet Boys. Um, they had, I think the second most or they're tied with NSYNC. Yeah. I think um, they're, I think it's tied. There are some, and there's some artists to where, like they had a couple of songs that were, uh, that were retired, a couple of videos that were retired. got to focus on saying the word videos because mm-hmm. it was the video. That was the important part. Um, Avril Lavigne has three of them on here. 50 cent has three. Uh, AFI has one. Which one? Uh, not gray. Love like winter. I never even heard that song. Um, B two K has two songs. Let me guess. Um, bump, 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 and what a girl wants. Oh, and uh huh, uh huh. To make it your hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Christina Aguilera. Um, Chris Brown only has one, but it's wall to wall. He came around around the time it was ending, though. Yeah. So, um, Clay Aiken has two. What was the second one? Uh, the way. Never, never knew that song. Uh, Eminem has four. Uh, Dream. Uh, Dream has one. Yeah, she loves me not. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> That's such an awful song. Uh, <laughs> Fort Minor, which is the Lincoln Park offshoot. Yeah, with Mike Shinoda. Yeah. Uh, Good Charlotte. <laughs> Lifestyles of the Famous Baby. <laughs> um, Hillary Duff has three. I can yeah. So yesterday, um, what's the other ones? Uh, wake up and with love. Okay. Well, you know though, because at the end they changed it though, so some of these videos weren't as popular. They yeah. probably just benefited from the shorter retire time. Yeah, it it was started at sixty five. Um, I think it that started because Backstreet Boys. Wait, that doesn't make sense because the Backstreet Boys got to seventy five. Before it was actually retired. So they're the FDRs. They were like, all right, guys, we got to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin Timberlake, Kelly Clarkson, Corn, Limp Biscuit, Kylie Minogue has two on here. Um, O-Town has one, but it's a song called We Fit Together. I've hmm. Look, after Liquid Dreams, I you got to stop with O-Town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, and there's Shakira, Simple Plan, Some 41, Cisco, of course, um, The Offspring, uh, Vanessa Carlton. So these are the kind of artists to wear. The song and the video were so popular that people would call in or, or go online and request these videos. And this was, I think, part of the reason why the show was eventually went off the air mm-hmm. was because of YouTube. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to request it anymore. <laughs> There's an instant way to see it. As a matter of fact, when did YouTube gain popularity? <laughs> I know YouTube yeah. started in like 2005. Yeah. But yeah, after, after you could just go on there and instantaneously see it, why do I need to watch it? Not to mention the show just could not, it couldn't evolve. You know, they, they did try a few other things like with the, um, to try, you know, with um, using MTV Overdrive, which was awful, awful, mm. awful software. 
um, but they just could not evolve. Like the, and I can't imagine because I was funny enough reading last month that it's supposed to try to make a comeback. Don't know how it's going to survive in this period, in this time period. Maybe you text in the video that you want to see, but like, <laughs> who's going to make time? You know, on an afternoon at three o'clock to make to watch this show. It was just because of that. MTV completely. They have all but, well, the 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 initial MTV channel mm-hmm. has all but abandoned music videos altogether. Yeah. They, you know, they designated that to MTV two and now yeah. MTV two doesn't show music videos. So now you got MTV jams mm-hmm. and MTV hits. Yeah. And I feel like there's another one, but the point is like the, a show like this helped MTV expand yeah. to the point to where we don't have to show music videos, but I feel like it's like if ESPN uh, designated Monday night football <laughs> to, to, to ESPN two and the ESPN two is like, let's hand it off to ESPN U. but this is a pro football game. ESPN U yeah. can have it. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I also think t- maybe towards maybe the middle to the end of the run, I think they started to kind of see the writing on the wall because they started showing less of the video, more of the fans, more yeah. of the interviews. Like you, you might see it became a variety show, a minute of the video. If, if that, like a minute, to or a minute maybe they'll just say, and yeah, this is number seven. So yeah. we have this guy coming mm-hmm. to the studio, especially if it's one that you see every single day. Yeah. yeah they'll just like, this was number seven. And now we have someone to here to play a live song. Like it just became something else in its own. Yeah. Um, just like what we talked about with American Idol mm-hmm. to where uh, there were many spinoffs. Yeah. Uh, TRL tried it. <laughs> they had a show called TRL Weekend. Yeah. Which was the average of the top 10 for the week. That was only for a short time. But then there was also a country music spinoff. CMT most wanted live. Yeah. Airing on CMT until 2004. It wasn't um, very good. <laughs> they, um, you know, in the in, it was really just in the first two years that it exploded. Yeah, and that was at the same time that, you know, okay, we have Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and In Sync and Backstreet Boys, and then here comes uh, and then Eminem. Yeah, um, I know it was a freshman in high school when Slim Shady LP. Yeah, I think I was came too. Out. Um, Follow the leader too. Same. same yeah. Year. Yeah. So, Which was their third album, so like <laughs> they really benefited from MTV. Yeah, um, uh, they, there were some changes made. You know, the new set, new graphics. Of course, there's new staff. Yeah, Carson Daly is, like I said, is a household name. Uh, they celebrated their 1,000th episode in 2002. The number one video of the day was "Dirty" by Christina Aguilera, um, and that was from her second album, I think, to where she. Yeah. She's going through She's stripped, right? Yeah. Yeah. She started looking different. I felt she had to, maybe it seemed, it seemed like she had to compete with Britney Spears. I don't know what your opinion on that may have been <sighs> to where like the <laughs> in the era of the music video, um, like we talked about before, I can't remember which episode it was exactly, but, um, the music video to where we knew the director's names, the dir- yeah. the music video directors were as big were as celebrities. Yeah. They weren't making movies. They weren't directing TV shows. Mm-hmm. They were make, directing music videos. Ice Williams, was, McG, Dave Myers, yeah, Sam Bay, um, Sam Romanek, yeah, um, yeah. Let's all. Oh no, Mark Romanek. Excuse me, Mark Sam Romanek, Bayer. Sam Bayer. Yeah, 
Like you knew their names. They were winning VMAs, you know, yeah. Video Vanguard Awards and gone are those days. Like I don't even know if I mean like hell, after Mick G started directing Charlie's Angels and Terminator Genesis, I never heard from him doing music videos again. <laughs> like he was too good for them. I, I I associated him with Sugar Ray. Yeah. He was doing Sugar Ray's videos. Yeah. <laughs> he he did something else, so I can't remember. Um, but it was like his movie video? is very loud and colorful. Like everything he does is very loud and yeah. colorful. Is there another movie that he did? N- another music video. I just can't remember. Oh, I, I just remember know. a lot of Sugar Ray. And Spice Girls. He did a lot of, he did some Spice okay, Girls yeah. stuff too. And who we yeah. forgot to mention, we haven't mentioned Spice Girls. They got really popular off of um, TRL, man. Spice World and. They aren't even on this list of retired videos. That's crazy. So I feel like. Their run was at the end by the time TRL. You know what? Came along. I think about that now because yeah, I was in middle school when they were really big. Yeah, I think about it. Never mind, I was wrong. People, I can admit that on air. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so I guess you could almost say they were responsible for the revival of the of the boy band girl band craze, but that's another yeah. episode. Um. But yeah, so like even reading that, you know, around the time that Millennium came out, No Strings Attached, Millennium setting the record for first week sales and then No Strings Attached, you know, breaking broke that, that record. record. And then Black and Blue broke, broke yeah. that record. <laughs> and I think Eminem came along and broke all and the records. Broke that record. <laughs> like it was the TR- the TRL era. Just like that's what it gave us. And like we talked about before how the the music industry had um a growth or a, you know, they, they improved in sales yeah. over the past 15 years, but they're not going to be 1999. Never. In which we talk about all those acts coming about, um, and people going out and mm-hmm. buying CDs. They're going to Walmart to get the edited version or they're I've going to target. <laughs> they're going to Best Buy. They're going to circuit city. Mm-hmm. Well, I was still open. Uh, <laughs> Real back. Um, they're going to Sam Goody. Mm-hmm. What well, I feel like there's another music store. I, not for Fye. Okay, so yeah, for your entertainment. But um, even though Fye is still, oh, you see it in every other mall. Yeah. But um, I mean, Best Buy. Do you say Best Buy? Yeah, Best Buy. I got a few from Best Buy. But people were going out and buying CDs. I I was, um, you know, my. My mom was still in the army, so I could still go on the base mm. and go to the PX and get, and get the cheap. Yeah, no tax. <laughs> Blockbuster Music were they still around back? Uh, yeah, by then. Yeah. yeah, Blockbuster Music. Yeah, some people forget about that. Um, but I think a show like TRL helped that along to where mm. you get to see these videos and you see these, um, you see these stars. You get to see them every day. You know, you got your, your, you know, Walkman's might have been a little bit cheaper to mm-hmm. where you can buy one and get all these CDs that you want. Um, and I'm pretty sure record companies were willing to invest a little bit more in music videos back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though now, I mean, you don't have to invest as much. You can kind of get similar quality. Like back then you were competing. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure it was a, like it was a big deal to have a video retired because if you had a video retired on TRL, that meant people were listening to it. People were buying it. People were requesting it. So, I mean, that could probably instantly mean a huge hit, if not a number one hit, a big hit, big album sales, because people weren't, you know, you couldn't really download a single back then. People weren't buying maxi singles. You're buying the album. Um, I imagine that translated into a lot of record sales. If you could get your video retired, played so much that they had to say enough's enough. Yeah. <laughs> you got to stop playing this thing. 
Um, I think would also maybe like trigger the change. It's probably the beginning of the end. It seems that it may have been when Carson Daly left. Yeah. When he got his own late night show. Which came on so late. <laughs> the last call last call with Carson Daly. It came on after Conan. That means it was the third late night show. Um and when he stepped down, then it was just a bunch of different hosts to where you couldn't couldn't quite get the same you know, even though like we said, Carson Daly was a low key guy. It worked. It it worked for it him. Really because that was yeah. uh, it's kinda like who that's who he is. Mm-hmm. But trying to find that kind of person again is close to impossible to find the exact kind of person. You have Damon Fahey who was low key, but, um, not a lot of people know about Damien Fahey. I don't know about the Damien Fahey era (laughs) of TRL, uh, Hillary Burton. Um, and I was thinking, is that the same Hillary Burton on one tree Hill? Hill? Yes. Didn't know that's where she started. (laughs) Uh, Vanessa Manillo, um, yeah, she was. I remember her. <laughs> who went on to marry Nick Lachey? Did so, she really? Yeah. Oh, I mean that's cool. I guess. <laughs> I thought he married Jessica Simpson. Yeah, he did, and then they divorced, Man, and then he married he Vanessa Manillo, <laughs> and so yeah. Um, Caduce. Do you remember Caduce? I do. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know how to say that. Caduce. I didn't know. Okay. I remember him. Some people may have pronounced it Quidditch because they just weren't Yeah. Sure. It didn't look like it's Caduce. Um, uh, Lala. Yeah. Lala was on there. Uh, pre Carmelo and someone named Susie Castillo. I don't know who that is, but she was a co-host. Um, so some of them had been in rotation as the host work when Carson Daly wasn't there and eventually they took over when he left. But I think things started to change. Um, once he left, they also had to change the voting process. People were allowed to call in and vote multiple times mm-hmm. online. And then you had to register on MTV.com to mm-hmm. vote online. And then they would limit it to one vote a day. I'm surprised. And honestly, I think, um, they might have benefited from what we see now, which is um, a lot of people call referred to as convergence. Or that's what it was referred to when I first was studying it in my media class. The convergence meaning the coming together of different media. So like how if you sign up for like one app, it's like link it to your Facebook account. I think they would have benefited from something like that. Like yeah. you don't have to register with MTV.com. You can link it to your Facebook account and vote that way. I think they could have benefited, but they were just too early for it. Yeah, this was like 2005. This is the beginning of Facebook. Yeah, before, when you had to be in college. To yeah. Facebook. <laughs> um, and then in 2006, they announced they would no longer take votes by phone. Which I thought was really kind of like, that's what we were built on. And so. if they had the foresight, because a year later, you have the iPhone and mm-hmm. people could text. Just text it in. Just text your vote. Yeah. Um, and, and that ended the legacy, as it says, in the legacy of dial MTV. Cause that was the phone number. Yeah. 1-800-DIAL-MTV. Um, and that when they had a show in the eighties, which was similar to MTV live called dial MTV, yeah. which you can call and request. So it changed that. Um, there was the, the end of, I feel like that's the, um, that was the end of calling in to a television show for music, anything. 
Um, Once you could just do it, you know, text it through your phone because we don't like to make phone calls nowadays. But <laughs> uh, and then they started. They had to like start cutting back. Um, they started going back to four days a week. Mm-hmm. They cut back to four days a week, and um, and then they started getting a little, I guess, political, a little more socially conscious. Yeah. Um. Then other than the people who were hosting went on to do different things. Uh, Lala went to work on her rap album. I didn't know she made one. I didn't either when I saw that. Um, Hillary Burton, as we mentioned, went on One Tree Hill and um, Caduce went on to host a, another TV, a different TV show. Um, so they had their 2000th episode <laughs> and the top 10 most successful videos to ever appear on the show. And Justin Timberlake's cry me a river was the number one video on that countdown. Yeah, that was, I, I had a hard time believing that, but yeah, cause it did a separate one too. So I, I think, I think it made sense at the time and maybe it was fresh in people's minds because, Oh, it's a song about Britney and the video has many allusions to, to Britney. Mm-hmm. I love that video. <laughs> I really do. Uh, so, um, yeah. Um, and then they started, uh, experimenting with viral videos. Yeah. I, when I read that, I was like, who, whose idea was that? Um, and they, they had planned to cancel TRL and replace it with the show called URL. Yeah. I play on. <laughs> URL, literally yeah. the letters URL. Yeah, Universal Registry List. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They were trying. Um, it was the show was canceled in September two thousand eight. The final regular weekday episode aired, and the guests were Seth Green and the All American Rejects. And they destroyed the set. <laughs> I re- I've seen videos. I didn't see it live. Uh the rejects spent the entire episode assisting in the teardown of the set. <laughs> mm-hmm. And at the end, um, Lindsay and Damien cooperatively added the last step in the demolition process by shutting down all the lights and everyone waved goodbye to the camera. A couple months later, there was uh, an official three hour special with the end of the show. Um, and former uh, Carson Daly described the media atmosphere after his departure from TRL. And he said, my space was sold. Social networking took off. Technology went crazy. The whole tectonic shift of mass media. There were a lot of reasons why TRL became kind of a different show after I left. I don't necessarily think it had any do with anything to do with me leaving as much as it had to do with the changing landscape. Um, the last video to be played on TRL was baby one more time by Britney Spears. Yeah. Which I think is very fitting. Um, I feel like that kind of kicked off the era. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, as that played, the credits rolled. (laughs) Um, and it was reprised for one day (laughs) in 2014. Yeah. This was corny. Uh, and I know like, um, Carson Daly is currently on the today show. Oh, he is. Um, let me make sure I have that right. I believe he's on the today show right now. I'm glad he's got work. Yeah, he's been on the Today Show uh, since 2013, but I know like recently they uh, it was for Halloween 
they did like a parody of TRL. Like he, they basically put him in makeup. So to look like how he looked in 2000 where he had sideburns and he's wearing, um, all this, all these bracelets and had black fingernails. (laughs) And (laughs) so, um, it seems that he looks back on it, you know, finally. Um, and it's just interesting that also like, what the kind of celebrity he became, like he said, he dated Tara Reed. Yeah. Um, you know, he got referenced in an Eminem song. Oh yeah. Took me next to Carson Daly, Fred Durst. <laughs> <laughs> because like, they should be mentioned in the same vein. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, the coolest people on the block. <laughs> um, and that be, and part of that is why Eminem blew up because he's, he's coming after other celebrities mm-hmm. in a, I guess in a fun way, depending on who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Christina Aguilera. I don't think she found it that funny. Uh, Fred Durst didn't find it funny either. <laughs> Carson Daly. He found it funny. Oh yeah. Cause he's, because he's Eminem is appearing on your show yeah. to talk to debut this video that people are going to request. Mm-hmm. Um, but him becoming him becoming a celebrity, I mean, it's a it becomes the um, this became the the launch pad, and he is I, I mean, even though there are these other folks that were hosts on TRL, None he of is them the stuck. Hmm? None of them stuck. No, yeah. I mean, Lala La is doing a lot of different things. She's acting more. Mm-hmm. Hillary Burton is acting. She's still acting. She? I guess. Okay. I no, Lala did an episode of um of SVU. She's been on Power. Oh, she has. Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't watched Power, but a lot of people I know have tuned in to see Lala because <laughs> of um, what she's not wearing. Oh, pretty much. Um, so yeah. Let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think Carson Daly is. Um, he is the last VJ. You think so? Yeah. The last true VJ? The, the, yeah, the last one. Um, I don't know who was on VH1 doing their top 20 countdown. Ma- um, Maria Menounos. Really? Yeah, she did it for a long time. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and looked good okay. while she did. She did not age well, though, but yeah. Uh, BET had AJ and Free. But I think they were, I don't know if they quit or they were fired, but it was before it should have happened. Um, a lot more people should, uh, appreciate AJ and free for what, for what they did on one six and park. Um, I know Terrence and Roxy, they, they did. Okay. Um, Terrence has got an acting career out of it. And, um, I don't know what Roxy's doing. She seemed cut. I think she was. A lot of people saw her as being kind of ditzy. It seemed like I didn't really watch it after yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then Bow Wow and well, oh, I did um, forget about that. He needs help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. I don't know if he needs help. Well, yeah, he kind of. I, I don't know. Like, wh- why do you have to do the? Why do you have to say the stuff you have said? We don't mm-hmm. care that you're flying to New York. We don't care how, but just don't say you're doing one extreme thing. And it's totally not that. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. 
Like, what's the point of that? I mean, I'm going to try to do my own bow challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't do that. And then like, well, you can't expect people to not make fun of you if you do it. That's all I'm saying. Mm. (laughs) Um, But I think Carson Daly is the last, he's the last one. Um, Just because of if in a, in a, in a, in a vacuum, Mm -hmm. he's Dick Clark. Hmm. Okay, I could see that. This was American Bandstand. He's Dick Clark. Oh, the closest never... thing that we got to it, yeah, in terms of popularity and yeah, yeah, and time and demographic and everything. Yeah, like career wise, it's Ryan Seacrest is Dick Clark. Yeah, <laughs> but it, in this moment in time, for a a four year period, mm-hmm. it was uh, TRL was the same as American Bandstand. Mm-hmm. Right down to the. The video we watched before of Limp Biscuit blowing up a boat, like just <laughs> crazy things like that. Yeah. Um. You know he had, he also had his own he has his own New Year's Eve special as well. Uh, Does he really? <laughs> yeah. Man, everyone got their own. We need we need to get one. The yeah. time you hear this New Year's Eve special. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's it brings it brought back a lot of memories for me as far as I wouldn't know these artists otherwise yeah. without TRL. Um, you know, uh, everyone, anyone in new metal. Oh yeah. Without TRL, no one would really know outside of their fan base, their core yeah. fan base, which was not that big at the time. I mean, we talked about Woodstock 99, but the headlining bands were corn and limp biscuit. Mm hmm. I mean, hell, if you think about it, um, the video for Freak on a Leash yeah. with the bullet that goes through the entire video with animation by Todd McFarlane, nobody knows them before that video outside of their core fan base. Yeah. And that like kind of catapults them. Like you, you get a good video on TRL, you, you can have a career. You can get at least one hit. You might just get one hit, but that video B. is going to be a hit. BB Mac, <laughs> Samantha Mumba, but that song's going to be a hit. Uh, the calling also. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was really a lot of people like to mention like the golden era mm-hmm. of, of something. Yeah. Especially in music. This was the, I, you know, maybe the early eighties, early to mid eighties is kind of an, uh, a special era of the music video. Cause mm-hmm. that's when it became popular. And became necessary. Yeah. Um, I think this era of music videos with a combination of a, of TRL, it's a, it's another special era. Mm-hmm. It may be a golden era. Maybe we want, like, cause I know like with comics, you have the golden age, the silver age, the bronze age. I mean, maybe this was, you know, silver or gold. Like you interchange it with the eighties, the, the mid eighties, silver and gold age. I mean, in any case, it's one A and one B. Yeah. In, in terms of my opinion, at least, and we probably will, we, I mean, like, hats off to whoever's able to duplicate what we had then. Again, it's going to be very tough to do with the changes in technology. We may never see it again. I don't know. It, it'll be hard to because of because of YouTube mm-hmm. and because of the music video not being as necessary. It's be it's kind of more necessary to have your music out there. Yeah. Um, the, the visual, the visual helps, 
but it's not always necessary. It's not. Um, especially when people can do the stuff on their own. Yeah. It's getting much easier to do it. Yeah. So that will do it for our discussion on the legacy of TRL. Um, and uh, we'll get to my earworm of the week. Um, who did I have wait this week? It, wait for it. Wait. wait. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What is happening? No, just wait. I'm just going to see what you're going to say. <laughs> um, I, I, well, I already lost my train of thought, no. man. I don't know what you were doing. I don't know what you're doing over there. I'm not here. <laughs> I maybe thought I was going to say something in particular. Um, this is uh, well. I was listening to, um, to as I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of Anderson Pack, mm-hmm. and I went back and listened to the album before Malibu called Venice. Okay, and there's a song that I. It was on the We Lit playlist. Ah, he said it. <laughs> <laughs> it was on, and then I took it off, and then I put it back on. So, it's a return to the We Lit playlist. <laughs> oh, is that what that? Oh yeah. Me say? So yeah, um, this song is called Miss Right. Uh, it's on his album Venice, which came out in 2015. Is he, is there going to be like another, what, what's another beach in California? Uh, Venice, Malibu, um, Redondo. <laughs> That's the next album title. Redondo. Redondo. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Matt may know that better. All the beaches in California. <laughs> All right. So this is Miss Wright by Anderson Pack from his album Venice. And we'll be right back. I need the right one with a bad imagination. Someone to talk to, somebody patient. I want a cold piece. I want a love sensation. I want the mind first. I make the body wait for it. Could be the right one with a little dedication. Gotta make the follow through. Gotta make the chase stone groove I want a love sensation someone to hold to someone to play with cause lately
right, that is Miss Wright by Anderson Pack from his album Venice. And you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist on Spotify. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for our show. Uh, ben, can you tell the people where they can find us? Find us at by the time you hear this dot com. <laughs> I don't want to do that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> We're also at facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spelled with the word you. You can find us on Instagram um, if you follow us, you know, like our pictures, things like that. If you're an indie artist out there, like our pictures, we might play you. Um, but that's at uh, by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes, we are. Um, same spelling for our email address at gmail.com. We can be listened to, um, of course, first and foremost on the website. If you go there, you can stream it. Uh, we have the Podomatic link embedded, which is where you can find us. Podomatic, South Shore Podcast Player, Google Play, iTunes. Um, what's the one I use? TuneIn and then uh, CastBox. You can also find us there. Many ways to find us, um, which, you know, we wanted many ways to find us because everyone doesn't have iTunes. So no yeah everyone doesn't have itunes mm. so many ways to find <laughs> us um and of course you know we'd love to hear from you honestly i was gonna say too um comment on the blog man like you can comment yeah um let us know which version of the Lo- owner of a lonely heart demo you, like <laughs> <laughs> you know um let us you know just you know comment easy way to comment you don't even have to email just go down there hit the comment button add one and hit submit really quick so yeah all right. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it for our show. Um, well, Ben, what, what's an iconic song from TRL that oh, we know, end the show with? Dude, I'm going with Hit Me Baby One More Time. Baby, one more time. Have we played that on the show before? I don't know. If not, it's long overdue. <laughs> <laughs> time to do it again. One All right. Mr. Max Martin. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hit Me Baby One More Time is one of those songs that just takes me back. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing the video. Uh, I was leaving for school. So it was like six in the morning on MTV. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know. Like seeing Britney Spears for the first time was kind of jarring to me. Yeah. Cause there wasn't much on TV like that. At the yeah. Time. Yeah. It, it, it was something unexpected. Yeah. Very <laughs> uh, to say the least. So <laughs> we're going to end the show with maybe one more time from Britney, Britney Spears, the show that, I mean, sorry, the, the video kind of, it was the definition of TRL. Mm -hmm. So it was fitting, even if it wasn't the number one voted, it was a fitting ending to, uh, to that show. So that's going to do it for our podcast. We thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.